Good evening and welcome to Where RA Now, a podcast dedicated to catching up with former RAs and hearing where their journey of life has taken them since their glory days at New York University. I'm Tom Ellett, and I serve as one of the co-hosts tonight, and I am the Senior Associate Vice President of Student Affairs. Tonight, we have a very, very special edition. As you know, we are out because of COVID-19, and tonight we decided to have some of the folks who are the foundational support mechanisms for RAs, who engage them, who help them, who program with them, and serve as confidants and mentors. And tonight, I have one of the best. Uh, let me have him introduce himself. Tom, thank you so much for having me at this time. This is Dave, David Hollander. Uh, I have been a faculty fellow in residence in FFIR. I'm going into my sixth year. This is my fifth year at Founders Hall. It's a first-year residence. As uh, many know, it's been my home uh, for the past five years. And uh, my other dimensions at NYU include the assistant dean of a program I created called Real World, and I teach sports management at the School of Professional Studies. It is great to have a neighbor on the line with me. Dave lives in the same building as I, as he indicated, Founders Hall. And he's one of the most innovative faculty members there is at NYU. And tonight, uh, we do have faculty fellows and residents. So Dave, you're going to be my co-host, and we're going to bring on some of the faculty fellows and residents, and you and I will banter with them a little bit. How's that sound for an evening? It is always sounding good when I hear from my fellow FFIRs. Uh, They are my family, too. And so let me ask you a couple of quick questions. Um, What has been one of the more outstanding uh, aspects of the FFIR world in relationship to RAs? Well, I didn't know before I became an FFIR just what exceptional human beings RAs are. And I mean that from, you know, just not just because they handle so much, they do, not because they have such like outstanding intellectual ability. I've gotten to know them uh, on deep and long-lasting levels. They they do have great brains, um, but they take these jobs uh, because they actually care. They are interested in creating community with other students, um, solving problems, and uh, to this day, I'm in touch with so many. They've become real friends and family in my life. That's fantastic to hear. Uh, And before you became a faculty member, give us a little bit of um, what you did before so we can have some of our listeners who may want to be a faculty someday know that there's a life before you become a faculty member. (laughs) Well, we need about a three-hour show um, to get into all everything. Um, In fact, I once, uh, uh, the first guest speaker I ever had in the class there's an old friend of mine. He's now a, a high-ranking executive at the New York Jets. And he played a game called Dave Hollander Trivia. And he put about 40 things on the whiteboard. And he said, pick which one he didn't do. And all that is to say is that I've had a, a very enjoyable journey through a career in law, a career in marketing. I, I ran a, a very popular live music venue on the Lower East Side called Arlene's Grocery. Many of our listeners are familiar with it. I opened a restaurant in Washington Heights. I've produced concerts and film festivals, television shows. Uh, I did a bunch of sports writing on the side, three books, and really sports, business, and media uh, became a thing for me that segued into NYU. 
Amazing. And Dave, I think what we will do is one of the show notes is actually play your music with FFIRs. You've, wrote, you've written a couple of songs for the FFIRs. Yeah, well, I, I've, I've had the great privilege of hosting what I, an award-winning um, NYU Residence Life uh, event uh, called What Matters Most. And I tried to create a tradition where I do a song parody, and all the uh, all the other FFIRs have been so great. They join up on stage, and we, we, we sing a song that kind of relates a lot of facts into one little song parody, and it's, it's a great time. So thanks for recognizing my singing. Absolutely. Well, let's go to the phone bank and uh, give a call into... Uh, we have a call coming in from one of the FFIRs. So uh, who's on the line? Hi, everybody. My name is Michelle Dent. I'm a, the faculty fellow in residence at Broom Residence Hall, and I teach in the expository writing program. And I am currently in my apartment at Broom Hall, me and the little dog, Biggie. Michelle, it's great to hear your voice. And, you know, we go back before the FFIR days. You were actually instrumental in another program before the FFIRs. Indeed, indeed. I came on board, must have been 2002-2003, when a lot of the residence life programming was really kind of taking this new direction under Tom's leadership. And I came through the writing program and I was charged with helping to create what today is our expository writing program collaboration with Residential Life at Goddard. And so I was at Goddard for many years and enjoyed that immensely. And I, I learned a lot about myself as a teacher. I learned a lot about our students and how to involve um, this concept of co-programming, but also co-curricular learning into our pedagogy. And so, yeah, then along the way, Goddard became part of uh, a two-residence hall cohort known as the Residential College and Goddard's partner building is our upper class building here at Broome. So I like to say I graduated from Goddard and then I ended up at Broome and I've been here kind of ever since. You know, Michelle, you've, you've, uh, just what you described, you've influenced and touched a lot of people, but I want you to know, and I don't know if you remember, when I first started getting interested in residence life and uh, faculty programs. I was a faculty affiliate and I worked with your hall and you were very kind and supportive to me. Is this at the Goddard? When I was at yes. Goddard? Yes, <laughs> oh I don't know if you... <laughs> a vague inkling, my goodness. Yeah, it was about 35 years ago. Um, <laughs> no way back, <laughs> but, Dave. But I want you to know, you were really, um, this is a person who means what she says. You were really, you helped me a lot. And I'm here now, but there was a then, and I knew you <laughs> then, and, and you helped me. Michelle, what has been the most rewarding interaction you've had, whether it be a program, conversation, uh, with an RA? There's been so many, but I would say if I could maybe point to to two, maybe that's cheating, but one one is interesting because it's connected to an RA, Rashida Kamal, who, as it happened, I was zooming with yesterday. She ended up attending. I did a stitch and give my knitting session on Zoom, and she got the link and she joined us. So 
Rashida it was an RA at Broom way back in for me at the beginning of my time at Broom. Like I think the second, the first and second year that I came on board, Rashida was here, and she was an, and is an amazing person to work with. Um, two cases in point are we did uh, two years in a row uh, an alternative spring break to Detroit. And Rashida was just this amazing example of somebody who is, is has incredible grace and poise, but she's just a fierce social justice warrior. And I learned so much from her about her diplomacy, about her kindness. And a lot of that happened on this kind of amazing, non-traditional spring break that we took to Detroit. And we ended up visiting, for example, this amazing person, Grace Lee Boggs, who's since passed away, but she was an, was and remains an amazing force in the the world of social justice and civil rights in America. And so that that stands out to me. Just having having taken that taken that trip and having Rashida been the RA, one of the RAs, and then also just she taught me a lot in the building. And you know, she Rashida was the person who introduced me to CMAP and CMAP programming. And we did um, at at Rashida sort of lead a program in the hall together on introverts and extroverts. We just did. There was amazing things that that she pitched to me and that were great. Our students loved them. Our residents loved them. And I was really excited because I was able to learn as well. And then the other person I wanted to, to kind of shout out to is Natalia Bell, who's a recent, more recent RA and NYU grad. And Natalia was somebody who always came to, well, often came to the knitting program, Stitch and Give, that when my mom was alive, it was it was our signature program. So it was my mom and me doing this knitting program once a month. And she had a special bond with my mom and partially because of the ways that we all kind of were, um, Natalia identified in many ways as having grown up with a single mom, as I did. And so just watching her in in that program interact with the other students, the residents, as well as with my mom was uh, also an amazing experience. Hey, Michelle, you've like done so much and, and been through many cycles as an FFIR. What has it taught you about yourself that perhaps you didn't know before you were an SFIR? You know, I've learned to use like the things that I might as a professor, as a scholar, as, you know, teacher person want to, you know, be compartmentalized more of like my own my own life, my own, even my struggles or things that I've felt maybe more vulnerable about. And being an FFIR has given me um, new levels of courage to, by which I mean to be brave, to kind of share myself and my story. And so that was really um, a thing that I figured out, like I said, again, about having my family dynamic, my family composition was about basically me and my elderly mother in the building together. And that was a thing that didn't seem intuitive to me at the outset to want to do. I was like, I live in Queens with my mom. We live in Queens. I go home at the end of the day and then I come to work and, um, you know, different colleagues encouraged me to apply for the job. And then I learned along the way, like, oh, who knows my story, my family, 
um, uh, is something that may be unfamiliar and foreign to other students and, and other colleagues, but it may also touch them and speak to their own situation. So it, I would say that it gave me courage and a kind of curiosity about kind of sh- how to share my own family story, you know, like keeping in mind, you know, like how to do it through my experience, you know, not like telling my mom's story if she didn't want her story told, but just figuring out how to do elder program, programming about elder care and or screening movies that then students became comfortable to share. This is the thing that they're seeing with their parents and their grandparents. It's beautiful. It really is. And, and you know, you've done such an amazing job and in terms of really making an impact in the residence. I went with you to a uh, a theater show about Detroit, uh, if you remember that before you. I do. I, 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 I recall you hating it. Oh, but I didn't hate it. It was. Well, <laughs> well you were at a strong reaction. <laughs> at a strong reaction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's okay. But, uh, but uh, you know, um, I learned a lot. I certainly did learn yeah. a lot through the process. And uh, um, Mitch, uh, one of your former RAs from on the uh, Detroit, uh, Mitch Bloom, yes. mentioned uh, yes. that is one of his most impactful moments as well as an RA. Um, so since this is a, a podcast about RAs, um, for the most part, uh, could you tell me what you've seen are the top skills that in this most successful RAs have? Well, they have an incredible, an incredible sense of equilibrium or they're, 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 you know, working towards, you know, balancing the demands of their own schoolwork, their internships their own families with being mentors and role models and you know staff members basically you know in the buildings and so i think that the it comes again with a sense of openness and open-mindedness is what i've seen in our kind of you know the the ras that that well, all of them, but the ones that I count as friends now at this point, they've, Mitch is somebody who I periodically, we get together and he shares what's happening with his life and his career. And so it's a sense of curiosity and a sense of being willing to ask for help or to, you know, be meta-reflective in a way that I think is really important. So that that meta-reflection, being able to sort of share and um, say, this is how I'm struggling right now think gives them a kind of language and framework to share through role modeling, but also explicitly with residents who are going through all of the things that they're going through. Yeah, it, you know, it's stunning, isn't it? Like, I, I, I sometimes forget that I'm talking to a, a student. Um, yeah. These guys are my partners. You know, Dave, that's really remarkable is that it does give us this opportunity to not strictly this is maybe going to lead into one of the other questions. But, you know, what do we want our what are we want our other faculty who aren't FFIRs to know about our students? I think for me, it's about here in this role as FFIR and certainly with the RAs, you know, most undoubtedly that there's a way that we're we're working as partners right in the kind of collaborative sense that can break down some of the us and them barriers of the kind of way that you know a faculty person will be regarded with you know utmost esteem and respect but maybe even with kind of trepidation and a kind of uncertainty about you know how to just be real with each other and so i think that's a beautiful thing as well 
Michelle, thank you so much for spending some time with uh, Dave and I, just to hear a little bit about your reflections on the FFIR position, but also about RAs. Um, And so thank you for what you've done, and please take care of yourself and be safe. Thank you. Thanks to everybody, and yep, talk with you soon. On the line now, we've got one of my favorite FFIRs, Robin Nagel. Robin, how are you? I'm well, Dave. Thank you. How are you? I'm good. I'm I'm good with a with a with a capital G. Um, could you uh, just give us like a one sentence um, introduction? Um, who are you? Where do you do your things at NYU? Sure. So I'm one of the faculty in residence at the Third North Residence Hall, the greatest and bestest residence hall in all of NYU. I teach anthropology and environmental studies, primarily in liberal studies, but also in CAS and GSAS. So, Robin, I want everyone to know that, first of all, you were in my interview. Uh, I hope you're not regretting it. Uh, um, <laughs> when I applied to be an FFIR, and you've been a great mentor to me. You really have. You've always been, I told you, that, that, that supportive voice. Um, but I am an FFIR. Not all faculty are. What do you wish our colleagues who are not FFIRs knew? about being an FFIR? I wish every faculty in the entire university would have the opportunity to live with our students, even for a brief time, even for, let's say, one academic year, to come to understand the extraordinary talent, but also the range of dreams and hopes and challenges and burdens and the depth of determination and how students step into the richness of New York City, uh, even people who've come from far away and had no, never been to New York before, who brave this great Gotham extravaganza. I already loved and respected this, the students I was lucky enough to teach, but I have a much deeper sense of them as the group, and I respect them even more now than I already did. Our students are an extraordinary bunch of, of, of I, w- I would say, kids, but young adults, really. And um, I don't I don't know if I could have braved New York City at the age of 18. They work hard. They're often juggling full course load and an internship and uh, a part-time job, and many of them have family responsibilities. They're a remarkable group of people. I wish all our faculty understood that. Robin, I've been blessed to be able to be a a walker with you in the mornings um, early on during the coronavirus um, pandemic, and I wish to be back with you in the near future. Um, But it it also allowed me to learn a little bit about you and really the multifaceted interests that you have. Um, from your, you know, your thoughts of, of, of religion and your thoughts on uh, garbage and uh, recycling and taking care of the world and each other. So I have great, um, great admiration for you. Maybe you could tell us a little bit about one or more of those rewarding interactions you've had, either through a program, a conversation with an RA, and you can always shout out as many of them as you'd like. I'm going to single out right now Ethan Gabor, he was the um, motive behind and the um, the intellectual drive behind our food and culture theme floor this past year. And it was because of him that I've learned how to cook a little better. 
um, I learned also how to use food even more creatively to invite students into programming. Um, Ethan was very committed to uh, looking at how food plays a role in pivotal social justice issues. So um, I had known that that was the case, but I learned a lot more from him than I had realized before. Plus, Ethan is a mensch. It's just, it was a joy to work with him. And it, one of the hardest parts about when everything changed was that it all ended so abruptly. We did get a chance to say goodbye. So I, I'm going to call out Ethan. You know, we get to have this relationship with these RAs. And you see them go from sometimes for two years, point A to point B in their own development. But I found, and I wonder what you found, about being NFFIR. Like, what have you learned about yourself in this process that, I don't know, is new, surprised you, or you just didn't, you didn't see coming? So here's, here's a confession. I am an introvert who can pass as an extrovert, but in reality, I'm really an introvert. And you're doing a, you're doing have, a good job. You got a school. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, thanks. I, I do pass, but um, it means when I am ready to have a program with, with students either out in the world or in my home, I'm, I'm always nervous, and I'm always wondering if I'll mess it up in some big way. And as far as I know, that's never happened. So being an FFIR, on the other side, especially if I'm hosting something in my apartment, um, I think in the, in the years I've been doing this, I've learned I can be a pretty good host, pretty competent, and my goal is to create an atmosphere in which my guests, in this case students, feel at ease enough that they can begin to talk with and generate ideas with each other, and I can retreat a little bit into the background so that I'm not directing anything, although staying 100% present. So I've learned to do that, and it's getting it gets easier every time I do it. And the gift of their presence in my home is one of the greatest joys of doing this, of, of being an FFIR. So I would say <laughs> learning to be a little bit more comfortable in an extrovert role as host, while the goal is also to reseed a little bit and let them uh, take over the dynamic of, of the evening. Well, if they, if they only knew. Yeah. <laughs> I do sometimes tell my students when I'm teaching that even though I've been doing it for years, I get stage fright nervous before every single class. And in fact, it's even worse getting used to Zoom, like really, really nervous for the online classes. But there you go. It is what it is. Robin, you at Third North, you have a chance to work with a, a large number of RAs, uh, 30 plus RAs each year. Um, what are those skills, competencies, values, inherent characteristics that make a great RA? I never understood what an important job it is and also what a challenging job it is. A good RA learns pretty quickly how to balance the quantity of energy that she devotes to her residents while also being very careful to hold some of that energy for her own self-care and rejuvenation. That kind of, partly about time management, it's partly about knowing when to, to pull back a little bit. But then also, the really good RAs, I see them lean in with extraordinary listening skills. They can't solve every problem that the residents bring to them, but they can help their residents figure out 
where they might find solutions. And that's a key part of the job. Also, creative programming that uses sometimes minimal resources, but for maximal results, that's a skill that I think not a lot of people have. Third North is challenging in particular because of some of the logistical uh, difficulties of the building. And so that makes the RA job uh, a little more difficult. But year after year, I've seen the RAs rise to those challenges. You do amazing programs. I know about many of them. Give me your signature. I'm going to cheat and give you two. One is uh, my science fiction book club, which is dear to my heart. This is where we out ourselves to each other as nerds and geeks. Um, it's very energetic and very lively. Sometimes it goes for five or six hours. Um, and then the other one that I'm kind of known for is when I take students on walking tours and teach them how to find food in the trash, which sounds worse than it is, but I'll just leave it at that. Um, (laughs) It's quite educational. The intrigue level just went up to like 100. (laughs) Robin, thank you so much for taking a little bit of time out of your busy schedule to be with Dave and I tonight. Uh, And thank you for doing what you've done, certainly uh, as an FFIR for the past number of years and what you'll continue to do for us and our students. Thank you. I miss you both. Miss you too. You're amazing, Robin. Thank you, Robin. You too. Talk to you You soon. You both of you are. Okay. Bye-bye. Ciao. Greg Erickson is with us. Hello, Greg. Hey, Dave, how you doing? Greg, I'm doing great, man. It's great to talk to you right now. Good to hear you, um, too. Could you, for our listeners, just introduce yourself. Tell us um, uh, where you do your FFIRing, how long you've been doing it, and, and what other capacities you have at NYU. <laughs> uh, well, I've been at NYU about 10 years. I teach at Gallatin. Um, I do courses in uh, mostly literature and media, popular culture stuff, but I also have a life as a musician, so I do some of that stuff too. And my FFIR life, I'm in my third year this year at Carlisle Court, um, and um, it's going great. I'm very happy to be there. It's like At the moment, I'm displaced. I'm in Gramercy, but I look forward to being back in Carlisle and seeing people getting going at things again. Yeah, um, all of it uh, up and again. And, you know, uh, I'm going to depart from the, uh, the, the the official question list and just you and I share uh, a special love that we've talked about before. And I'd love your just quick sociological take on what you thought about when they took down the rims everywhere. <laughs> You know, when I was a kid, so yeah, so I've I've been playing basketball my whole life, which is like 50 years now. But when I was a kid growing up in Minnesota, my whole association with New York was street basketball. And that was my sort of romance was New York City. And even though I moved out here to be a musician and an artist and academic, I always had that love of street ball. And when this first started to happen, like one of the things I thought, well, you know, I'll go by myself, I'll take my ball and I'll go up and I'll find a court and I'll shoot some baskets and going out and seeing the rims down. That was I mean, there's a lot going on in New York and a lot of really tragic things. But in some ways, that's where it really hit me. Like, wow, this is you know, yeah. a different city today than it was two months ago. So it's just the, the, the power of, of people's want to play basketball is so strong. Yeah. They knew they wouldn't stop. They had to take down the rims. Yeah, yeah, and and I had uh, I play a regular game in Brooklyn, and we had our last game on like March sixth or something like that. And it's guys I've been playing with for ten, fifteen, twenty years, and we knew it was probably going to be the last game we were going to play for a while. And you know, basketball players are not that emotional, but it was an emotional night. 
<laughs> oh, it is. I, I feel the absence of many things, and 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 that, well, that's 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 at the top, um, among the top. Um, look, you're, you're such an interesting person, and I know you bring all of you to your students at Carlisle Court. Um, but what do you wish every professor knew about the experience you have as an FFIR? You know, I think. I mean, I've always been really involved with students, and I think professors know things like you can learn from your students, you can form communities. Uh, I think most professors know that, but I think what they maybe don't feel or know as much is the sort of uh, amount of caring and motivation and encouragement and empathy that can come from students to me. You know, it's like we're so used to thinking that we encourage students and we help them. Um, but it, it, you really feel it the other way. They get to know you at your, at your worst and they see you at sort of your weaknesses. And I mean, just to throw one example out there, I have a, a regular running group that meets on Mondays and we run like three miles and then I buy them smoothies afterwards. And I'm not really a runner. I mean, I'm sort of an athlete, but I've never been a good runner. And then we did a, a run in Brooklyn last year and it was a seven mile run twice around Prospect Park, which has a nice hill. And it really killed me. And there was like, eight of us running and the amount of sort of like, you know, I remember struggling to make it up that hill the second time. And one of the students ran up next to me and like, come on, Greg, you can do it. We can finish this together. And he ran next to me, you know, and that's just one example of, of many I can throw out there where this sort of hierarchy of student professor completely disappears. And, you know, they're supporting you and encouraging you just as much as you are them. And, and I think I wish more professors could feel that more regularly. That's a, a phenomenal example of the commitment you have and, and also the diversity of the type of interactions you have. Uh, and so Gallatin-esque, right? My son's an alum of Gallatin, so I can use that uh, analogy. Um, tell us a little bit about some of the more rewarding interactions you've had with RAs through programs, conversations, uh, elevator chats, uh, coffee, jogs, whatever it may be. And you can do some shout outs too at this point with some RAs. I mean, there's been so many. I guess my first year at Carlisle, so two years ago, there was an RA there, Rosa Malcumian. I always mispronounce her last name. but um, And I had known her a little bit because she was a Gallatin student. Um, and as a student, she'd always been very shy and kind of quiet and and was, you know, not that outgoing. And and we sort of learned, she learned to be an RA and I learned to be an FFIR at the same time. And we talked a lot about, you know, being sort of more outgoing and things and and stayed in touch and had these really in-depth conversations. She was trying to figure out kind of where to go with her life. And so we spent a lot of coffees and lunches talking about this. And I watched her grow into this really courageous person who then got a Fulbright to study abroad and she studied all these languages. And I actually just was texting with her three or four days ago, and she's in Armenia even now, and she was there teaching this year and stayed there. And to watch her sort of see her every day, and she helped Angelina and I, they became friends, and she took care of our cats, and sort of see her grow into this really sort of courageous uh, young adult from a very shy student um, was a really sort of amazing story and, and sort of one that I felt up close. So that, that would be one that really stands out. Wow. I'd love to hear kind of a, a 60 second, your favorite program or one of your favorite programs that you do at Carlisle. One of my favorite programs. I mean, I do a lot with arts and music and literature because that's my field. And I also do some sports things, 
But maybe the program that jumps to mind, first of all, is a really quirky one that just sort of came up last year. I was joking around with with um, Lorian Cassidy, who's one of the RAs there, and she loves our cats, too. And we were talking about doing a, a holiday thing for the cats, and it was in December. And we cooked up on the spot. Let's have everyone bring a bunch of boxes and let's build them a big kitty castle for a holiday present. And we didn't know if anyone we didn't know if anyone would show up. And, you know, so Angelina made some, my partner made some hot chocolate and a whole bunch of students came. We had like a dozen students bringing all this boxes and tape and paper and all things and decorations and brainstorming. And one of the students was an architecture student, so helped us design it. And we looked at pictures of castles and we listened to holiday music and had hot chocolate and built this three-story castle out of cardboard boxes with different <laughs> entry points and stairway stairways and the cats loved it they spent the next month running in and out and playing games there and i would take pictures and films of it and then Lorian would send it to all of the students who had taken part in it so it was just this kind of spur of the moment kind of quirky thing that turned into a really homey sort of holiday gathering which is not my typical program but it, it i will remember that one for a long time yeah, I mean, how how great is that? These some of these spontaneous kind of uh, uh, or somewhat spontaneous experiences with students, and you're like, I had no idea that. Yeah, it was that. just a it was just a random conversation we had one day at the RC, and we're like, let's make this into a program. Like, okay, let's try it. <laughs> Last question, Greg. Um, you've seen RAs and and you've seen them in action. Tell us from a faculty's perspective. What are the characteristics or values that really differentiate an RA from being great, uh, from just being good? A a couple things. I mean, a lot of it is being able to sort of handle themselves under pressure. I mean, you know, not sort of overwhelmed by things and know how to take care of themselves in tough situations. Um, But a lot of it is just the sort of overwhelming empathy and kindness, you know, and knowing how to be kind to different kinds of people and to understand the various stresses and things that people are going through um, and understand both adults, FFIRs and other people that work in the building and, and the students that are there and being able to really understand what their struggles are and that everyone's trying to do their best and, and sort of help out. And the, the RAs I know that really connect are the ones that are really committed to that. Excellent. Well, Greg, thank you so much for spending a little time with Dave and I this evening. We look forward to some sense of normalcy again and seeing you around the table with all the FFIRs. All right. Yeah, thanks a lot. Great to talk to you. And thanks, take care. Greg. All right. Thanks, thanks Greg. Greg. Yep. Thanks, You Tom. take care. Okay. Bye-bye. You take care, too. Bye-bye. Well, Dave, it's been a real pleasure talking with a number of FFIRs, but you know what? We have a number more left. So I think we're going to make this a two-part series. So would you be willing to come back another night and uh, we'll tape again? Tom, I got to say, I mean, I'm, you know, I've always been humbled by the group that I'm a part of called Faculty Fellows and Residences. And I I just, I want to hear more. Um, So I would love to come back. I absolutely would. Outstanding. Dave, thanks so much for spending time with me, learning more about the impact that RAs have had on our FFIRs, and also learning more about the FFIRs as a group. As always, thanks to our listeners who can stay connected with RA alums, and now the FFIRs, who continue to contribute greatly to the NYU community. Special thanks to my engineer, Jennifer Sanchez, and our executive producer, Shahara Ranasang. If you like the show, look for more content on the NYU RA alumni website, 
at where-ra-now.webflow.io. Until next time, remember to thank all the healthcare workers for what they're doing during this difficult moment in time. Take care, everybody.